Hey there fellow Texanium student, it's Chris McCullough and we are back again in between classes. As always, I will be your bridge to the passions of the professors we share. Today I had the pleasure of sitting down with the kinesiology department's very own Dr. John Smith. Man, we had an awesome discussion about the difficult journey he took leading up to his professorship, the operational definition of what a sport is, and how his experience distinguishes him from other professors in his field. Towards the end of this episode, you'll hear the newest member of the In Between Class production crew, Matt Lopez. So stay on the lookout for him to conduct his very own interviews and producing his own episode coming very soon. Without wasting any more time, let's get into our third episode. All right, today we're in between classes with Dr. John Smith. How are you doing today? Very well, thank you. All right, so the first question I have for you, as always, yeah. is what was the process for you when you decided you want to study what you're studying right now, kinesiology and physical education? Yeah, so uh, I grew up in high school being pretty active with my friends, my cousins, and things like that. I never really had an idea of what exactly I wanted to do. Um, but, you know, I just did a lot of the backyard sports and those kinds of things. And once I got into high school, I, I found a love for running track and thought, hey, this is really neat. But I still really had no idea of what kind of occupation I wanted to do. Uh, made my way into college as an undeclared major, just not really, again, not, not really sure of what I wanted to do. I was taking my basic classes out at UTSA. And then... Um, I really didn't have a good experience there. You know, it was to the, I came from a very, very small school. I graduated from Holy Cross High School. And then, boom, I'm sitting in these giant lecture auditoriums with uh, hundreds of people. And then, I, you know, I can't, I can't focus on what the teacher's saying, the lectures and so forth. I ended up having an academic withdrawal. And then after, after I guess, about a semester or so, I, I decided, you know, I, I need to get my... my, my, my Things in order, <laughs> so I, I said, okay, let me. I went ahead and enrolled in at SAC, and I said, hey, you know what? Okay, I, I've always liked criminal justice. My father did some stuff with police work, and I'm going to do that. So I, I did that. I, I enrolled at SAC and started picking up my GPA. Took some criminal justice classes, but what changed my mind was I took this investigations class, mm. and in one of the uh, one of the lectures, uh, the professor warned us that the, the lecture before, okay. I'm going to show you some pictures. Be careful. If you feel queasy, it's okay to walk out. And it was really, it was, it was pretty graphic. It was basically, this is what you can expect to see if you're out and out and on patrol. And it was almost every conceivable way a person could die. So yes, I did get queasy. I was able to stay in the whole class and handled it. And I really did enjoy the class. I did. But I thought to myself, oh, this is probably not something for me. And I very much appreciated that instructor for doing that because it, it showed me something early that, oh, this may not be what I want to do. So I ended up uh, picking back up the GPA, got re readmitted back into to UTSA, and I had declared English. And so everything was going fine. I really, you know, I liked English, the writing process, the speaking, and so forth, until I took a poetry class. <laughs> and I remember one of the assignments was you had to interpret this poem. So I interpreted the poem. This is the way I interpret the poem. This is what it means to me. Of course, I didn't, didn't do well on it. And no, this is the way it's supposed to be interpreted. But you, you asked me for me to interpret it my, you know, how I, nope. So I said, okay, okay, this ain't going to work. Um, I had then, I, I had joined the track and field team. And I was, I was uh, running on the track team. And then I thought, you know, I, I, I would maybe 
I could see myself being in physical education. So I declared a physical education major. And so that's how I basically came to that whole kinesiology concept. That was my, my undergraduate was physical education. Went through the program, graduated, had the opportunity to go down to A&M in Kingsville to be a, a, a teaching assistant in the master's program, as well as a, a coaching assistant for the track and field team. Nice. So I did that, and that, that was, that was a, a wonderful experience. I really enjoyed track and field. Um, that's kind of when I learned, too, that, wow, coaching may not be for me either out on the road a lot, just traveling, long hours, very fruitful and very enjoyable, but there were other things that I wanted to do too. And uh, the education concept was good as well. I really enjoyed the teaching, but what really got me to where I am now is that when I had first started there, the faculty was changing over in professorship. So a lot of the senior faculty were retiring and they had new faculty coming in to replace them. And two of those new faculty, Dr. Uh, Dr. Newberry and Dr. Sherman, they brought to me just wonderful aspects of what our field is. They gave me hands-on experiences. They gave me responsibility. Here, do this, do that. And it was learning how to operate equipment, learning how to, you know, how to apply theory and to practice. It was, it was just fantastic. And that's when I thought, hmm, this is something that I think I can do. So how would you define what a sport is based off of your research and your studies? In my other classes, it always comes, sometimes that comes up. So, you know, I ask the question, what do you guys think of, how would you define a sport? What's a sport? You know, and so you get all kinds of different answers. And then I always play around with them and said, you know what? Maybe we should define a sport as what's shown on ESPN, right? What is ESPN? All, every, every sport. I don't know what the acronym stands for. But <laughs> I it, just call it ESPN. No, yeah, sorry. it's sports, right? It's sports. Yeah. And so it's like, well, okay, what do they show on ESPN? Well, okay, so of course you see things like football and basketball, heart rates getting up there, movements really intense, those kinds of things. Baseball, a little bit more technical, but you still have these high bursts. What about golf? Is golf a sport? Well, you know, the heart rate's not really getting up there, is it? You know, but you still have to have really fine motor skills and power to hit that ball. You know, and you just go on down the line. And, and then what else did they show on the ESPN? Well, they, they show billiards, you know, pool. Mm -hmm. So is that a sport? Well, you know the heart rate's not really getting up on that one, but it's still technical. Like, well, okay. Uh, bowling could be another one. You know, well, you got to have muscle to move that ball down there. It's very, very technical. But, you know, when you walk into a bowling alley, you can see people smoking cigars and eating hot dogs, <laughs> you know, like a bowling alley. Would you consider that? Well, I don't know. And so it's fun to ask that question all the way to like uh, darts. And then, and then ESPN even shows poker. You know, poker is on ESPN. Uh, cornhole is on ESPN. I mean, you're seeing it. So uh, it, that's such an awesome question. What, consider, what is considered a sport? And now you're talking about esports. Yeah. And so I've, I've watched it on TV myself a couple times. I could not, I don't know, they were playing some role-player game, and I tried to follow it, and I just couldn't. You know, those announcers knew what they were talking about, but I, I, I could not follow it. So I've seen it several times. And uh, here's, so anyway, that is what we call an operational definition, sports. It's an operational definition where there is no, there's no defining criteria of what a sport is. Uh, think of it like fatigue, right? Fatigue can be different between different people. Man, I'm so tired today. Oh, so fatigued. You could be fatigued from being worn out from work. You can be fatigued from a very high-intensity workout. Uh, there's fatigue is just, it's 
defined differently yeah, in different ways by different pe- emotional fit. Yeah, exactly. People get worn out from, you know, going through a a, a loved one that has passed away from a family. Exactly, and so it's, it's the same way with sport. It's uh, operationally defined, and it, it, it means different things for different people. So. I've heard people that argue that race car drivers are athletes, you know, but I, you know, I probably beg to differ. Their heart rates have been monitored during that driving session. They're burning a ton of calories, you know, and people think, well, they're just driving. Daytona 500 just happened last, you know, they're just driving, <laughs> taking a left turn, you know. It's like, well, it's more than that. They're controlling that car. And then when you get down to the esports, when you get down to the, my, the way I operationally define a sport, when you when you get down to if if you're not really, um, you know the heart rate's not being elevated, the movement is is limited. When when you see things that are traditionally not associated with a sport defined with this esport or or billiards or something, to me it's 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 an activity. It's still very competitive, okay. But then that, that's another thing. Some people define sport as a competition. What, no matter what you're doing, if it's a competition mm-hmm. where you have places and seeds and stuff like that, then it's a sport. But for me, I, I, don't, I don't really define it that way. You know, I still have that more of a traditional method where a sport is going to take some kind of an exertion. It's, go, it's going to be not just excuse me, um, defined by your knowledge of the game, how you play it, but how well you can play it with your body you know so I kind of define it that way but it is it's an operational definition people think about it differently and you know yeah so based off of all your research and everything that you've studied leading up to now how does how does that affect your teaching ability to predict the future and guide your students into the careers that they will put themselves into after graduation so it's all technology it is amazing. It's all technology is where we're coming from. And so I, in my teaching, what I do is I try to give the students as much hands-on experience as possible. You know, my measurement eval classes, I have them in labs. You know, they're learning how to use the equipment so that if they're ever faced with similar equipment, or even if the equipment is different, at least I'll have a thought process and being confident, hey, I've done this before, I can do it again, you know. So I have... I, I, I try to take that approach, but I, I do. I teach them. It's it's you, you have to stay up with the technology. There's no doubt about it. My in my research agenda right now, what I'm doing is um, I do a lot with lower limb amp- those who have lower limb amputations, and so we're we're kind of uh, I'm doing a lot of descriptive assessments on them. In other words, what's their walking economy? You know, how do we assess percent body fat in somebody who has lower limb amputation? Should we do it when they're wearing their prosthetic or without their prosthetic? You know, um, what about their strength between the intact limbs and the non-intact limbs or, or bone densities? You know, how do we compensate for the bone density of the limb that's lost on the hip side as the intact hip side? You know, so different things like that is what I'm exploring. But what I'm seeing now, because I've been to a few conferences and stuff, technology. It's absolutely amazing where it's coming from. And so, you know, I try to teach students, stay on board with the technology, stay up to date with those kinds of things, and always delve yourself into it if you have the opportunity. I don't mean to interrupt you, but Mm -hmm. what's one um, new technology or equipment that's, like, brand new that you're you're surprised with? Typically, in an individual who has a lower limb amputation, 
their limb is severed, it heals over, and then the prosthetic is put up around what they call that residual limb, okay? And they, that's how they use that, okay? There's different ways that they keep that prosthetic attached to the residual limb. Some have like a vacuum, so it suctions it in there and it keeps, keeps it held in there. There's other ways. Well, in this new technique, I don't think it's approved in the United States yet, but it's been, it's been going on in Europe. What they'll do is in the bone of the severed limb, they'll drill a hole up through the longitudinal axis in there and stick a steel bar, a pin in there, okay? That bar will then be sticking out of the leg. Now, that, now remember, that's attached to the body. That steel bar is now attached to the body where they just take the prosthetic and click it right onto mm. that steel limb. And so guess what? When, if they run, jump, hop, skip, whatever, that ain't coming off. It's not coming off. And so um, that was amazing when I first saw that. Uh, the last summer is when I first saw that. I think the technology is, has been coming around for a while, and now it's, it's shown it's been successful. And so the United States is probably going to start jumping on board to get FDA approval for that. So that's one example. And after all the questions were asked, Dr. Smith showed us a side that's reserved for after business is done with. We're right there. Unbelievable. <laughs> Did y'all see that movie Upgrade? I heard it was just a better version of Venom. That's what I heard. That's what I heard. You're talking about the chip in the brain and stuff yeah. like that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was wild. It was it was better. It was better than I thought. Yeah. I, I saw it on with my cousin on DVD or something. Oh, after okay. I didn't want to see it, was that because, but it, it turned out. Oh, that was pretty cool. <laughs> what's, uh, what's one movie in your field that impresses you? Like you know, you know all the information about, and then you watch the movie and you're like, oh my goodness, this is this wouldn't be possible. I, you know what? I don't. I don't know. They don't. I'm trying to think of where I might have seen movies with uh, individuals who had prosthesis. And I don't know, the only one that I can think of, I think it was called Battleship. Remember that uh, one, Battleship? And, but it was, it was this, it was, he was a real military individual who had both legs amputated mm -hmm. um, due to combat. And he was in the movie. But it wasn't anything about the prosthesis or anything like no. that, you know. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think. You hear, uh, I mean, like we, we see stuff with exoskeletons these days. We see stuff with um, drones, yeah. stuff like that, all the technology. I don't know. I'm a big sci-fi guy, okay. so I, I love the sci-fi movies. Yeah. I really do. And so I, I don't know. I don't... I, Whenever I see the sci-fi stuff, I just say to myself, "Oh, that's just impossible." But I, I enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's for the movie, it's, it's the movie the and I'm I'm not I'm not looking over, you know, to, yeah. to criticize it or anything. But that's a good question. I'll have yeah. to pay attention to that next time. <laughs> next time, a recent example where you think, did you see how people uh, The Rock in this, the new Skyscraper movie, oh where he, he oh that's a, right, he was pressed. Yeah, he, yeah, he was yeah, that's right. uh, and the, you know this this the classic scene like where. He's running off the crane and jumping. Yeah, yeah, the right, right, right. And then tons of physicists showed like, oh, this is the rock's weight, and he did it on one leg, and how that jump was impossible. Oh, like, so, they did so do that. This, yeah, you gotta have fun with that. You can't, you can't be criticizing yeah. that man because you know it. It's just, it's just like you know any of your good old James Bond movies. He, he gets shot at by ten guys, doesn't ever get hit with a bullet. Yeah. His suit's fine. His suit's still <laughs> Come on, just have fun with it. Yeah. I forgot about yeah. He, he, I didn't see that. My, uh, I heard about I that. Unfortunately. 
I'll stay away from it then. Please <laughs> do. That's cool. Well, yeah, um, that's all the questions I have. Okay, yeah. And um, we usually like to ask the professors yeah. if there are any boards or part of any student organizations that yeah. you would like to talk about. Sure. To get your students engaged. Yeah, so yeah. I'm the advisor for the Kinesiology Club, and so I... I had been nominated for advisor of, the, advisor of the year for the past, I think, three or four years. Last year, I did, I did earn that award. And then our club actually did earn the Club of the Year Award, the Student Organization Club of the Year Award last year. So they're a very active club. Yeah, they, they're, they're, it, 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 it helps me when you have good officers. Yeah. <laughs> it really does. And, I, and for the past two years, we've had just wonderful officers they work really hard to not only hold the meetings and, and convey information, but to provide activities, recruitment. They, um, they work to bring in speakers for the students. They work in to have uh, lab trainings for the students. You know, so, so the, the club is actually, it, 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 it is something. It, it's, it's wonderful to see it thriving like this. So that's, yeah, that, that's my give for the K Club. Mm-hmm. Go, go K Club. <laughs> They're getting ready to, we're getting ready to take a trip to the American College of Sports Medicine uh, annual meeting in, in Waco, Texas. It, that, that'll be this, this Thursday and Friday. So we have 23 students that are going. So I'll be, I'm going to take a van for those who aren't going to travel by, on their own and we'll bring them up there. The other students are traveling. So the K Club sponsors the travel. They sponsor the hotels and and uh, poster printings and stuff like that. We have students who will be presenting and, and some who will be competing in academic competition as well. Nice. Well, good luck yeah. to that. Yeah, yeah, thanks, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> it's like herding cats, but yeah. <laughs> it somehow makes it work. Yeah. <laughs> Make it work. <laughs> It'll be nice once this week is over. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Thank you much for your time. Yeah, you I bet. Really enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, likewise, I did.